0: The night of the Advent, the night that, th- th- that God broke into Earth and and began to take His creation back from the curse, some angels appeared to some shepherds in a field. It's a really weird scene. It's it's the text that that we've been focusing on and praying on as our as our pastors prepare for for advent this year and prepare for christmas eve this this famous verse in luke chapter 2 when this choir of angels is singing to these shepherds in the middle of a field in the middle of the night and they say glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased they they sing this song as as these shepherds are terrified as you would be right working the night shift, and this group of angels show up and start singing to you about a baby. They're terrified, and these angels proclaim, glory to God, peace on earth, he is pleased with you. It's like the angels are telling these these random guys, right? You have no idea how pleased God is with you. If you had any clue... What he has done tonight, you would be praising him knowing how pleased he is with you. He's bringing you peace. And again, they're like, this is, this is strange. And, and here's, here's what I find so interesting about, about the Advent story. We're going we're, we're gonna to dig into that more in depth tonight. But, but I want to point out one thing for us this morning, and it's, it, it's this. The night of Christ's birth is beautiful, right? It's the advent. It's, it's God entering into the muck and the mire with us. And yet, it was a terrible night. The, the image of these, this choir of angels singing, you have no idea how much God loves you, that image is so stark in contrast to the reality of what actually went down that night. You think about, like the, the Christmas story is so ingrained in us culturally that we, we miss, we miss how ridiculous it actually is to think that, that 2,000 years ago, uh, a little teenage girl who was engaged went to her fiance and said, hey, I'm pregnant and it's not yours. But it's okay because God made me pregnant. We should still get married. That that by itself, it seems, I mean, I, 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 I don't mean this sacrilegiously, but that seems like the setup to a soap opera. It's, It's terrible. And yet, God comes to this he, he, he had already spoken to this teenage girl and said no this is really what's happening and then he speaks to the guy and says no yeah that's really what's happening you should marry her and so they get married anyway and and because of the repressive government and social structures that are over them at the time when she's ready to have a baby they have to travel to the other side of the country to this little village in the middle of nowhere and while this, this like 14, 15 year old girl is in labor people are telling them we don't have room for you there's nowhere for you to stay as they move from space to space and really quick like those of you those of you who've had children and husbands who have taken those those women to hospitals going from end to end while while she's in labor saying do you have space for my wife to have a baby no I'm sorry we don't and she ends up in a barn She ends up in a barn with animals on the floor, giving birth. A middle school girl having a child on the floor of a barn, miles and miles away from her home. That is how God chose to enter into his creation. There's an SNL skit from last year. It's a great transition, right? (laughs) You should all YouTube it. There's an SNL skit from last Christmas where they talk about, uh, it's, it's funny, it's, it's from the perspective of Mary complaining about people visiting her after she just had birth. And it's, it's really humorous. But there's this part where she like breaks down crying and Joseph's like, what's up, Mary? You don't seem yourself. <laughs> and she says, I just thought the birth of the Savior would be different I thought there would be less sheep poop on the floor and maybe a bed or something. And it's funny in the skit, but there's so much truth in that. The the Christmas story is so is so like holiday carded to us. It's so beautiful, it's so artistic, it's so idealized in our head. But these angels showed up to some guys working the night shift and started singing about how much God loves his creation because a teenage girl gave birth by herself on the floor of a barn with animals around. That's crazy. That's a terrible night. By all accounts, that's that's a terrible night. And yet something about that makes it the best night. Something about that makes, makes it one of the most important moments in all of human history. I don't have time to tell the whole story, but when Kim and I were dating, uh, she decided she wanted to love the things I loved, and so she bought me tickets to a blues game once. And, and it could have been a comedy movie of our, our attempt to make it to this blues game. And we missed the entire game. And, and it, it, the whole thing, the whole night culminated in us standing at Scott Trade Center, like getting ready to walk in as the final buzzer ended and the game was over and people started leaving. And it's, it's just a whole night. And it was, in the moment, it was just <laughs> awful. But now, I love telling that story. Because the reality is I had a blast. The reality is I loved that night. Even though it was a terrible night, by objective standards. <laughs> it was a terrible night. And yet something made it into a wonderful night the something beloved is love the thing is love I Kim and I love each other so that terrible night becomes this night that we talk about with joy guys God loves you Jesus loves you. That's why the Advent happened. That's why he experienced what he experienced. Because he loves you. And that that love makes a terrible night one of the most important nights. It's the same love that made a random execution under a totalitarian regime the most important event in human history. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you so intensely and so desperately that that he went through anything and everything to be with you. Paul says it this way in Philippians. Well, I just lost my bookmark. says it this way. Christ Jesus, who who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He took on the form of a servant and was found in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Beloved, Jesus loves you so desperately. He loves you so desperately. The love of God is the reason for the Advent. He, he was willing to experience the suffering of going from being an eternal God to being a helpless infant. And, and everything about the Advent, every ridiculous and terrible aspect of that story is just tangible evidence experiential evidence of a God who loves you so desperately he's willing to pay any price and receive any humiliation to be with his people with his children last thing and then we'll then we'll take communion and then we'll sing some more and then we'll go home we were driving around the other day me and Millie my daughter and she asked me this beautiful question that only a two-year-old can ask and and she says, why, why does Jesus get such a great birthday? Because <laughs> we've been telling her, you know, all this stuff for Christmas is for Jesus's birthday. She wanted to know why his birthday gets songs and lights, and hers doesn't. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so she asked me, why is why is this why does Jesus get all this for his birthday? And And the only answer I can come up with in the moment as we're driving is just, well, his birthday is that great. It's that special. We want to celebrate it that much. And beloved, that is the truth. Jesus' birth is that great because he loves you that much. So, So all the pomp and all the circumstance and all the celebration and all the traditions and all the time with family and all the things we do around this time, They actually mean something. They actually matter because they're tangible ways that we can express and enjoy and engage in the love of our God. Because when those angels showed up and they sang to those guys and they said, listen, you have no clue. God is doing something. He is bringing peace to a non-peaceful planet. You don't know how much he loves you. His favor rests on you. He is pleased with you, beloved. Jesus loves you. So here's what we're going to do. Lane's going to sing a song. Our elders are going to take the communion elements and kind of spread around the room. And this morning, if you want to just take a moment and revel in the love of our Jesus, I invite you to take the elements and take communion and celebrate that. When we, when we partake in communion, when we take of the elements and eat, what we're actually acknowledging is that the suffering of our Lord is what brought us life. It's what gives us joy and fulfillment. It's what gives us abundance. And so if you, if you need to this morning to, to take a time and revel in the love of Jesus, I invite you to go find one of the pastors, take the elements and pray with them and, and partake in that. And then we'll, we'll end out our time with singing some more songs. That sound good? I'm going to pray for us, pastors, if you guys want to come up and grab stuff. Jesus, you are so good to us. You love us in ways we cannot fathom. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us the way you do. God, today as we do all the quirky little family celebrations and traditions that we do as we drive around and eat too much food and unwrap presents and do all these things, God, we ask that we would see your love in it, that we would experience your love in it, and that we would pour out your love to those who are around us. Jesus, this world needs your love. We want to revel in it, Jesus. Thank you.